Welcome everybody to episode number 17 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Robbie Owens from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. One of the first things I want to say is Happy New Year to everybody. It is, I'm hoping, if you listen to my last podcast, I'm hoping to make 2019 the best year that I've ever had in the fire service. And uh, I'm going to be starting that off, well I did start that off the other day on New Year's Day, listening to Kurt Isaacson from County Fire Tactics give a 50 minute, I guess, I'm calling it the state of the fire service address because he just nailed so many great topics in about 50 minutes. Um, And just the way he speaks, I mean, he speaks with such, uh, I mean, passion and even a little bit of anger for some of the things that, uh, that are going on in the fire service today that he just can't stand or he wants to make be- or he wants to make better. And he's doing that. He's putting skin in the game. The guy hosts four or five conferences a year and he goes around the country teaching. He posts videos of himself training at his own fire department and investing in his people. He's just a tremendous tremendous resource. He's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, and even, I'll be quite honest with you, some of the classes I've taken with him uh, and some of the stances he's taken, I'm like, man, you didn't have to say that like that. But you cannot argue against this guy's passion. You cannot argue against this guy's investment in the fire service. So with that being said, I'm glad that I'm going to be heading down there uh, in the middle of Dece- uh, middle of January to take his uh, company officer uh, seminar with him and John Norman for a whole week on the beautiful uh, Pensacola Beach, which I've been there before. My uh, my mom's family's from there. I've <clears throat> uh, been on Pensacola Beach many a times in my life in the surrounding areas of Navarre and Milton and Escambia and Fort Walton and Destin and all those places. I'm very, very, very familiar with all of that. Um, so it's just going to be a great, great time just being with 250 other invested firefighters and I'm going down there with a group of people that are you know very near and dear to me Ben Martin from EmbraceTheResistance.com my brother Danny who's a firefighter in the city of Richmond uh, two brothers from uh, my current fire department uh, Lieutenant Scott Mickle Redford and firefighter Daniel Myers if you remember Daniel is uh, has been on one of the earlier podcasts about um going down into one of Kurt's conferences before the command officer boot camp. And he reviewed that thing and it just inspired me even more to go down there. And so Daniel's going to get to come back with us. And hopefully I'm hoping while I'm down there that one night we're going to be able to all sit together and maybe toward the end of the conference, maybe that Thursday night, Friday night and talk about our experiences with the conference and kind of share a couple beers, more like a firehouse round table, share a couple beers with each other and just really talk about like, what we've learned at the conference to that point. And uh, hopefully they'll be willing to do that. If not, I'm going to come back and talk about it anyway, because I feel like it's going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity. But before I get started in today's episode, we have a great, great interview with Jeff Dykes from Northern Starfire. And I really think you're going to find what he has to say uh, just tremendous. And he's bringing a, and I don't even want to call it a product. Yes, he sells a product, but it's a solution to a problem that we have in the fire service, and that's firefighter disorientation in buildings. But before we get to that interview with Jeff Dykes, I feel that after listening to the stuff that Kurt Isaacson's been saying and reading some of the things, I feel like I have to 
make an apology of sorts. And it's not to anyone in particular, or maybe it is to the citizens that we serve, maybe some of the firefighters that I've been with, but I have to make an apology because I have at times, especially in 2018 and 2017, I've gotten off the path of what being a firefighter really should be. I've gotten caught up in some of the political game. I've gotten caught up in just some of the random just BS that comes along with this job and especially comes along with being an officer. I talked about it on another podcast that, yeah, I got in trouble. I got in pretty serious trouble with my department. And I don't ever claim to be perfect. But uh, I've lived through that. I've grown through that. But part of that made me lose my way a little bit. And maybe I never lost my passion, but man, I, I was really starting to hate where I worked. I was really starting to to not think I was ever going to come back the way that I was before. Uh, and then I get to listen to a guy like Kurt Isaacson or and, I, and, and other guys, right? I listen to other podcasts. Listen to guys like Gary Lane. <clears throat> listen to guys like Chris Brennan from the Fire Service Warrior who has now, who had to retire off the job for an injury and was so distraught with that in the recovery process that he didn't think that he could do Fire Service Warrior anymore. Didn't think that he, he didn't want to be the guy that wasn't doing it anymore to still talk about the Fire Service. But even he has come through that darkness and come back and it's really just inspired me. It's inspired me to, to make this apology, to continue to push forward, to... Tell all the people that told me that being passionate about the fire service, uh, being a guy that bought your own Halligan bar, bought your own hook, was as invested in the job that I was wrong. I, I can't tell you how many people that have told me that that I was wrong for being as involved in the fire service as I ha- as I have been. And guys that I respect or that I did respect told me that, that you know. Why are you doing all of these things? You know, the fire service isn't going to love you. Uh, you know, you're just another guy. And I think all that's true, right? I think I talked about that in one of the episodes when I talked about legacy versus impact. That my legacy is here at home, and I totally believe that. But I need to have an impact on my fire service. I need to have an impact on my fire department on a daily basis. And I'm not going to placate anymore to those people who don't appreciate the passion that I, that I bring to the table and that I bring to my job. I'm not wrong for giving a damn. You are. And you're wrong for telling me that that me giving a damn is wrong. You're the ones that are wrong and I'm not. I'm going to continue to push forward. I'm going to continue to train every day, to PT every day, to read about our fire service, to learn, to be the best firefighter that I can be. Not the best firefighter in my department, not the best firefighter in history, just the best firefighter and best fire officer that I can be. As Kurt Eisen said, it's worth the risk. I may alienate some people. There are people that may not want to work with me because that I'm so involved in the fire service and I'm so passionate about it. And that's okay. It's worth the risk of me alienating those people. And I'm not trying to steal his line, but it just is continually ringing in my head over the past couple days as he said that. 
it's worth the risk to do this podcast, even though I know people that work in my department don't like that I do it. It's worth the risk to me. Because when I get emails and phone calls and voice messages and, you know, get walked up to in person at a, at a basement fire class and people tell me that they appreciate what I'm doing. And they thank me and they reach out to me on Twitter and they reach out to me. It's worth the risk to me. Because of some of those things and because I don't, you know, because I don't embrace some of those things in my fire department, even though I think it's the best fire department. I, I love working there. It was my dream department. It is where I always wanted to be. I left the department to go there. Even though it, I, and, and, but because of the things that I do, because I write a blog, because I teach at some of these other conferences, because I do this podcast, I will probably never, ever, ever reach the rank that I want to reach. That's just a fact of life. It's worth that risk for me. It's worth that risk for me to never be a battalion chief. To do these things that I'm doing. To train every day, to PT every day, to to call out people that don't. To tell them to get on board or to get out. We're moving forward in 2019. I can't wait to go to Escambia County, Florida, to Pensacola, Florida, to sit in a room with 250 other firefighters that believe what I believe. Even if we don't believe in the same tactics, even if we don't, but we're all there because we believe in the fire service and we believe the fire service can be better. And in 2019, that's what I want. I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy, but if you are, then make 2019 the best year of the fire service that you've ever had. I'm going to read more books. I'm going to PT more. I'm going to stay more motivated. I'm going to spend more time with my family. We're going to go do things that we've never done before because I want to go do them. And I want to add years. I don't want to add years to my life. I want to add life to my years. So we're going to make 2019 the best that it can be. It's going to hopefully be the best year that I've ever had in the fire service. And to get us started in 2019 on the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast, we've got Jeff Dykes from Northern Star Fire, bringing you a pretty good solution on how you can be better oriented in these fire buildings that we're going into today. I tell a story during the interview about a fire that I just had that I got disoriented in, and this solution, this product, would have helped me. So give it a listen, and then stay tuned after the interview for some other stuff uh, and some people that we need to thank so that we can continue to do what we do because it's worth the risk to me. So stay tuned for that interview and stay tuned after the interview so you can listen to all the people that give me a hand. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast here with a great interview with Jeff Dykes from Northern Star Fire. And Jeff has an awesome tool that he's trying to bring out to the fire service. It's been out for a little while, but he's trying to put it out there in a more large scale, more wide scale. And it's a tool that can possibly save some firefighters' lives. I mean, everyone knows that firefighter disorientation in buildings is a big, big deal. And we use a lot of other tools to help us keep our orientation in buildings, whether we're stretching hose lines or searching. But Jeff here has got another tool that we can add to our toolbox that is possibly going to be able to keep firefighters from getting lost in structures. Uh, in structures. So, Jeff, 
Welcome to the podcast. Uh, give us before we get started in the Northern Star Fire. Give us a little bit of background about yourself. I know you're a firefighter. That's one of the big selling points in this Northern Star Fire to, uh, compass that you're trying to sell and trying to bring out to the fire service. But give us a background on your fire service career, and then tell us a little bit about how you got started with Northern Star. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for having me on, Robbie. I appreciate it. Um, name is Jeff Dykes. I was born and raised here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, did the typical high school jock stuff, and it was when I was in, actually in college that I first got that itch to, to serve. You know, uh, at the very root of who we are as firefighters, it's that altruistic um, servant that uh, really brings us to, this, to the forefront. So um, out of college, uh, worked a, a handful of years with the Kenosha Fire Department, moved up here to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, rose through the ranks there from firefighter all the way to captain, um, from union steward to union president, um, started teaching the, the typical classes that most of us do at the local tech colleges and rose through the ranks there as well. So uh, fairly well-rounded, um, went back and got my master's degree a few years ago and focused my dissertation on the role of formal education in the fire service because there's, there's, it's just a fascinating debate on you know education versus experience that's been around forever. And I really wanted to dig into that. Um, and then, you know, uh, gosh, it was back in 2014 after having spent, uh, you know, 20, 20 some years in the fire service, you look around and, and you're seeing technology just crazy booming in our, in our service. Right. I mean, uh, from the trucks to the governors, to the tick cameras, to, to everything, but there seemed to be this hole and, and this hole is, you know, I'm taking some guys through a live burn session at the local tech college and we're. Uh, blacked out we can't see our hand in front of our face we're crawling through live fire and we're talking about thermoclines and all this other cool stuff and it, it's just sort of you know I, I took the guys I said hey okay let's go let's go check out our Charlie egress here and you open up the window and we're not on Charlie now this is a house that we pre-planned that we walked through that we knew exactly where our different sets were going to be but at the end of the day it doesn't take us very long when you can't see your hand in front of your face to get disoriented and I said wait a second how in the world do we not have some type of directional guidance system with us when we're inside these fires when the simple magnetometer of a compass is in our phones, our iPads, our trucks, our, our pickup trucks, everywhere else? But, you know, by golly, no one gave it to us in our mask. So I sort of set out on that road, and uh, I'll be honest with you, it's not an easy road. It's, it's, a, it's a tough road to hold, and, um, and every day is a struggle. But uh, at the end of the day, it's important enough to me to, to bring something like this forward for my brothers and sisters because it doesn't take uh, you long to review the close calls and the near-miss network and the line-of-duty deaths and read the NIOSH reports and talk to Project Mayday and all these different really innovative industry-leading um, programs. And you realize that there's a plaguing problem. It's there. And um, it needs to be solved, and I'm going to set out to solve it. Wow. So, yeah, you've got a very well-rounded <clears> – <throat> pardon my cough there – a little very well-rounded background in the fire service. So, so your product is the northern – or your solution, rather, because I don't even want to call it a product because while I know you make money doing this, you're, this came <laughs> from a passion. Right. This came from your passion in the fire service. You saw a need 
uh, in the fire service to, you know, stop getting firefighters lost in buildings. And so this came not from a necessary, you know, a monetary value, but this came because you saw a problem that you wanted to be solved and your solution for it was the Northern Star Fire Compass. So give us the background on how you came up with this, you know, the process of developing it and, and all the things that have brought you to this point. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll make one correction for you. Uh, we're not making any money on it. That's for sure. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so it's my belief that the best solutions out there in industry come from the people that are, they have the boots on the ground, whether you're a teacher or a welder, a cop, a firefighter, doesn't matter. There's, there's problems in all of our industries. And the solutions to those problems are often thought up of by the people who the problem affects most directly. And unfortunately, many times, most of the time, in fact, nobody really acts on it. At least we don't. You know, our, you know I'm, I'm a boots on a guy, ride a truck, all this other stuff. Uh, we don't act on it because we sort of fall back on that mantra of it takes money to make money. And let's face it. Um, we're, we're in the fire service and we don't make a lot of money. Um, we make enough to get by and we make enough to have a, a good livelihood. So don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a great job and a great career. But um, when you get out into private industry and people start talking about two commas instead of one comma, um, we don't know what that looks like. So, um, you know, I was sitting at um, station eight, which is uh, here in Wisconsin. We were having ourselves a little lunch and, I made a comment to one of my uh, pipe men. I said, hey, how in the world do we not have a singular LED light that will illuminate when we face north? That's all it needs to be. Just, just something to say, hey, I'm not sure which way to go. Because whether we're talking about the gentleman down in San Antonio, whether we talk about all the different Mayday calls that have come in, you know, guys are calling a Mayday, and they're telling, they're telling uh, the RIT team, you know, hand me in the Bravo Trinity Corner on Division Two, and that's where everyone rushes and operates focusing on the Bravo Charlie corner of division two. And lo and behold, he's not there because uh, he got disoriented. Um, it, it's unacceptable. So as I'm, as I'm having this conversation and I'm, and it's just, it's, it's a pipe dream, right? That's all it is at this point in time. It's a, why don't we have this type of thing? Um, uh, very fortuitous, uh, a commercial pops up on TV and says, Hey, do you have an idea? Um, fill out this form here. And it was a local entrepreneur contest called the idea challenge sponsored by the local um, economic development corporation. So my dad goes, why don't you fill out that? Why don't you fill out that form? So I, I thought about it for a little bit, filled out the form. Um, and lo and behold, they marched me down there. We talked about it. You know, they did sort of a prior art search. And, and I'll tell you what, the number one response I get from people outside the fire service, by far and away, is, are you telling me that you guys don't already have this? Are you, I mean, people support the fire service. They, they, they support the firefighters, but they still don't understand what we do. And it's impossible for them to understand what we do unless they strap up and, and go in, right? Um, they're just astonished that we don't have any um, technology that helps us maintain our orientation. And, and they immediately ask, what do you guys do? I said, well, you know, right-hand search, left-hand search, follow the hose line, you know, all this other cool stuff. Use our thermal imaging cameras. You know, you look at inside training with Andy Starnes, just incredible stuff that those guys are doing with uh, FireMax box. It's, it's awesome stuff. But um, people don't understand how um, handcuffed we are when it comes to that technology side. So, Long story short, I win the contest. They give me one of these uh, four-foot uh, long Happy Gilmore checks. 
they say, here's $5,000. And at the time I'm like, Oh my God, $5,000. What I'm rich. What am I going to do? And then they promptly took it away from me and gave it to the patent attorney who filed a patent on it. <laughs> so um, I was right back to square one, but it still doesn't solve the problem of how, I mean, it's going to cost tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I probably have close to a quarter million dollars into this up to this point. Wow. Um, that that's, that's not a, uh, a small chunk of change by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I tell guys, I'm like, that's not something like, hey, I'm going to pick up a couple overtime shifts and, you know, pay off the, pay off the hot water heater. Uh, it's no, yeah. That's, that's not like putting a fence in your backyard. Like yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, yep. yeah. You're, you're talking about like, I mean, gosh, not, not even buying a house. Like, I mean, that's, that's a tremendous you know, undertaking to, to take, to, to solve a problem for the fire service. Yeah, and, and honestly, that's what we well, that's what that's what we ended up doing. We ended up putting our house behind this. Um, it, I'll tell you what, the pucker factor is there, that's for sure. And the pucker factor is extremely there um, right now because now the, now is when we need to dig out of the hole, and now right. is when we need we need traction. And uh, so, you know, the singular light turned into this eight directional smart compass. Uh, thank goodness, I found I found some engineers over in Minnesota that are just brilliant Poliac research corporation um, uh, sat down with those guys and immediately recognized that these are the guys that can, that can make my vision a reality. And they put it all together and they found this magnetometer. So, I mean, you have a magnetometer in your cell phone. I got one in my cell phone. We probably got one in our iPad and our truck. And those are all, you know, three cent magnetometers. You take it inside a Walmart and it spins around, uh, you know, you take it inside of a hospital. It doesn't, it doesn't read North right. uh, because they cost, you know, a couple cents. So we did tremendous amount of research and development and we found the best of the best U uh, S made magnetometer that filters out man-made interference. Um, it literally remained accurate on a nuclear submarine for the U S Navy. It wow. will remain accurate in a hospital, in a sub-basement. Um, we put them on the ferry ships out in Newark, um, anywhere. It, it literally um, it filters out all that man-made interference and gets down to the true root of north because the only thing worse than not having any idea where you're going when you're inside of a fire is being told that you, that, that you know where you're going and actually have it be wrong. So... Um, so then, you know, you pack that together with accelerometers and gyroscopes and all these different pieces of technology, um, shrink it down to the size of a U.S. quarter, find the right adhesion tape that 3M has out there in their fire rated division, pop it inside of a mask, <clears throat> come up with a really innovative way to turn it on. There's no on off switch on this little sucker. You simply, um, you know, tap your mask and give your head a shake so you can be on air and, 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 and here we are, uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We have them in uh, 12 different countries. Um, the military has been uh, aggressively interested in it, um, right short up of putting in, you know, a big contract or a bid on one. Navy SEALs have put them in their mask. Um, we're, we're moving, but uh, we need to move uh, right now. Right now is the time. So, uh, so yeah, so I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk to you about this because there's so much behind us. And, and what I encourage guys is, the best products come out of us. Um, find a way, find a solution. I'm not saying put your house up against it, but there are grants out there. There are people out there. Um, there are different university opportunities out there that will help you get that prototype up and running and will hopefully allow you to um, find a solution. Because at the end of the day, 
It's, a, it's about making us safer. It's about allowing us to do our job more efficiently. And that's what we're here to do. Well, and it's funny you say that, and, and I know you have experience with this, but uh, it, it kind of just, it's, it's almost a coincidence that this morning I subscribed to like kind of like a daily affirmation thing from one of these motivational speakers named Brian Knight. And he talks, it basically is just like really quick, like, hey, Monday morning motivation or just every morning motivation. And this morning's was that industry does not like whiners, okay? They don't like problem identifiers. They value problem solvers. And you could have easily been right there at that firehouse kitchen table and said, I can't believe we don't have this. And talked about how stupid it was that we don't have it. But you decided to put some skin in the game and be a problem solver, not just a problem identifier. Um, and I think that's that's tremendous, tremendous you know, stuff. Uh, so, you know, looking on the website, I've looked at it. If anybody is not uh, familiar with it, it's northernstarfire.com is the website. So let's get down to what, you know, and this is a, this is a, a firefighter based podcast. Most of the guys that listen to this podcast are firefighters, company officers, maybe a few chief officers, um, you know, and, and as like anything else, firefighters, we may say a lot of the, you know, things when the thermal imagers came out, people were like, how's that going to help me? You know, people mm-hmm. talk about, you know, oh, you, you use thermal imaging as a crutch. So let's get down to like the actual functionality. It's it, this is a this is a compass, so it reads north, south, east, and west. And I know every firefighter out there listening, uh, you know, some that are going to listen in the future, or some that have even seen your product, is how is north, south, east, and west going to help me identify A, B, C, or D? You know, or Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, which is how we break down fire buildings. Get, get, give a response to that. Yeah, it is. Um, it is by far. The, the most um, common question that I get when I travel around to these different shows and put it out there. Um, so, so, the, so the answer is, is, is several fold, but here's the easiest one. Um, you don't have an option, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, you can uh, continue to stumble around. <clears throat> you can continue to search slowly. You can continue to um, be apprehensive. And as of right now, nobody has given you an option. The answer is um, be better, you know, be better at what you do. But here, here's the real crux of it. Um, if you're masking up on that alpha side and you're about to make entry and you're doing all the things that you should be doing, and if you're not doing them, start doing them. Learn about it, you know, uh, airflow path, door control, building construction, um, all the uh, smoke, reading smoke, all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, right? The typical radio frequency that you would hear as someone's crossing over that threshold is something along the lines of engine one's making entry on the alpha side will be interior division one fire attack with three personnel. Um, I think that the semantics are irrelevant, but that's essentially the information that you're going to report back to command. I'm asking guys and I'm begging guys to add one word. It's one stinking word. And instead of saying you're going to make entry into alpha side, you turn your compass on and you say, I'm going to make entry into alpha north side of the structure. Take a second. Take a figure out which way the front door faces and and say it, because um, once you say it, it's locked in. Now, if you need to get back out, yes, you need to you, you know, the alpha side is north. But 
if, if we're really thinking about it, how many times do we hear those evacuation tones and we have to, you know, charge out of the, out of the fire because the conditions change, hopefully not on a regular basis, right? Ho- hopefully we're, we're doing better yeah. than that. But how many times do you get the call inside and say, Hey, get to the Charlie side and open, open up the ceiling. We got fire running through the attic. Or how many times do you uh, get the call and saying, Hey, have you cleared the Bravo Charlie corner bedroom or all these different, these happen every single call. And oftentimes guys do a great job, but oftentimes guys are slow. They're apprehensive. They're searching um, slowly and apprehensively. If you have, and, and you nailed it right out of the gate, it's a tool. It's a tool in your toolbox. It gives you that reassurance to know which way you're heading. And in the event that you don't know which way you're heading or facing, it, it gives you that information. And worst case scenario, you forget to do all that stuff on the front door. You're, you get a little tunnel vision. Maybe you're amped up a little bit. Maybe there's a report of a, a viable victim on the inside and, and you go charging in and you do your thing. And all of a sudden you go, oh, I, I forgot to look. And now I'm turned around. You still have the opportunity to use your radio to call command or someone on the outside and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're turned around here a little bit. Uh, help, help me out. I, I'm trying to get to that uh, Charlie side egress and they can turn around and say, you know, whatever, go, go, go South. Um, study the calls, study the Charleston call, study the uh, Worcester call, all these other um, really high profile had in the fire service. And there's one commonality. The firefighter became disoriented and then bad stuff happened. And, you know, talking with uh, Don Abbott at Project Mayday and talking with, you know, uh, Billy G and some of these other people, if we can eliminate that first line, if we can eliminate the firefighter became disoriented, then the rest of that report probably never happens. And, and all we're asking our guys to do is add one word. For, so for one word, you can make yourself that much more safer. Yeah, and I think it's I think that's that's really good. And what you're talking about too is like you said, you're not saying that this is the this is the uh like like the magic bullet or anything like that. You're still preaching good search techniques, keeping good building orientation with with A, B, C, D, hose lines, all of that nature. but what you're trying to solve is that when you get disoriented, like, hey, I did lose the hose line. And when I went into this building, I noticed that side Charlie was south. And so somebody tells me there's a, a ladder to side Charlie when I get disoriented, I can immediately orient myself south and get to that direction. Am, am, I, am, I, kind of, am I preaching what you're, what you're uh, saying here? Yeah, a- absolutely, you are. Um, right up to the point where you may not even have to reorientate yourself because you're going to stay oriented. As, I, as, I, as right. I've used this, as my customers have used this and reported back, they go, it almost just becomes part of your subconscious because – when you're facing north and you make a left-hand turn, your, your brain and your body are working together, and they expect to see that, that blue west light come on. And, I got you. and it's just, it just sort of works all together. It's like anything else. you got to train with it. you got to get out there, and you need to black out your mask and, and spin around and, and use it. But um, as we've done our studies, uh, one of my uh, customers on, on the south side of Milwaukee, or Walkshaw Fire Department, they got a strip mall. They sent three guys in without any uh, directional guidance. They sent three guys in with it, blacked out their masks, told them where the victim was, and they were astonished at how fast. They said the, the, the crew with the Northern Star just simply stopped, turned their head left, turned their head right, and boom, they're off in a, on, a, on a V-line for it. And uh, they pick up their victim. They turn around, turn their head left, turn their head right, boom, they're right, they're right back to where they need to go. They, they can move in a straight line. The other guys are, you know, 
doing what we normally do. They found a line, they spread out They're they're doing their search patterns, but it took them forever. And, uh, and it's just, it's just unacceptable. You know, um, I, what the, the term that I use these days with, uh, people that I talk to us about is it's, it's an unnecessary risk. Um, our job is full of risks and we're willing to take them hats off to us. But, um, if we have the ability to alleviate one of those risks, then, then we should probably do it. Um, it's just part of the fire service. Um, we are slow to change. We're, I mean, look at the evolution of the SCBA, look at the evolution of the pass alarms. That's that those technologies were there long before we were able to um, have full compliance. And nowadays, it's just a second nature. You wouldn't even consider doing it without it. And I, and I firmly believe that's where we're heading with this. It's just going to take some time and some, uh, some buy-in and, and certainly need uh, some support. Yeah. So, you know, reading your website, uh, one of the things that really stuck out uh, or stood out rather to me was this little like red box you have here. It says disorientation by the numbers. Is that a study by the Federal Aviation Administration found that people can lose spatial orientation in as little as 178 seconds after entering a low visibility or no visibility environment. And I actually experienced this on a recent fire about a week ago, we had a fire in a printing press and that was some of the nastiest smoke I'd ever seen in my entire life. When I crawled in and I was using the thermal imager, I had to put the thermal imager screen directly up to my face piece in order to even see it. I couldn't hold it in front of me like I normally do. I had to put that there and, and it disoriented me because now the screen is all that's in my face you know, I have no depth perception. I have no, I, I have nothing. And I essentially had to uh, crawl on a hose line uh, because there was no way that I could orient myself. And I feel like this, that having a, a north, south, east, west, or some sort of, you know, you know, some sort of directional guidance would have made me not have that uh, sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. And, you know, I, I would have been able to find where that backup line that I was supposed to stretch needed to go faster. I would have been able to like get to the seat of the fire a little bit faster because we had guys operating there already. Instead, I was inchworming along on a hose line. So definitely I can see the value of it. Um, my other, one of the other questions I have for you is how long training with this would you say it takes before you're really truly proficient at it? Because like with any tool, like you said earlier, there has to be some sort of, there's some training time. There's some lead time. Like you can't just pick up a thermal imager and all of a sudden, you're, you're a thermal imaging expert. Uh, there has to be some training time with it. So how long does it take for people to become truly proficient with it to where it becomes, becomes that second nature that you talked about? Yeah, um, it, it's a great question. The, the first portion of that training is just getting comfortable with it and learning how to turn it on. Um, my, of, of all the phone calls I get from my customers in the first 24 hours is, hey, I got it, but it's not, gonna tur it's not turning on right. So we have some really great videos online and we explained to them why we did what we did. We put a shock sensor and combined it with an accelerometer. So when you take your mask and throw a dash in the morning, it doesn't come on. It's not looking for motion. It actually takes the shock sensor to activate the accelerometer followed by motion. So um, I know it sounds complicated, but it's not. Uh, tap your mask and turn your head from side to side. It, it'll come on. But tap your mask and not move it. It doesn't come on. Or move the mask and not not uh not without tapping it it doesn't come on so step one is okay 
you just have to get comfortable with it. And you, you, you bring up one of my pet peeves, and, and that's those thermal imagers. And I've seen so many guys uh, grab that thermal imager, turn it on, and say, oh, okay, well, there, I know how to use it now. And they turn it back off, and they put it back in the truck. And uh, if, you, if, if you're paying attention to the stuff that Andy Starnes is doing over there, I mean, you're not even at the one percentile of the knowledge that you need to use that uh, particular thermal imager, especially if you have one of the new ones with all the technology built into it. Um, <clears throat> the second portion of it, once you can figure out, how to turn it on, is is you got to trust it. Um, that that's the that's the uh, one one of the main things I see my customers do, or actually prior to uh, purchase them, is they tap it on and then they start turning themselves around and. Usually I'm in a fire chief's office or in a fire station where they know which way the, you know, the, the, the building is orientated and then they get that trust factor. And then they, they, they want to go out and they want uh, adverse conditions. They want to go down to the local hospital. They want to go to, you know, some of their warehouses and things like that. And then the, the third part is actually training black out your mask, get in there and, and start moving and trusting it in those zero visibility conditions. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't take very long. Um, I, I would say if you're if you go through a couple bottles of air um, with it on and, and and trusting it and moving with it and then turn around and try to do another bottle of air without it, you, you're you're gonna you know yearn for it because <laughs> you're gonna uh, see the value in it so quickly. Um, building it came from a firefighter's point of view. I, I tried to take everything into a what I do on a normal day from throwing my mask up on the dash to going over railroad ties, to, okay, how do I orientate myself to the building, to battery life. Oh, God, battery life killed us for like 12 months because um, you go around your station and around your truck, and how many times have you gotten a call and you pulled something out of the truck and it's got a dead battery, whether it be a radio or a Sawzall or whatever the case might be? Almost every day. <laughs> I know it. It's horrible, <laughs> right? So you have to, I, I had to make it as user-friendly with a battery as possible. And it took forever to figure it out. And it wasn't until we found that shock sensor and, and it wasn't until we found this rechargeable battery. So this, you know, the battery that we give you, is going to last you multiple years. And by the way, we give you two <clears throat> right out of the gate because I want you to come back to the fire station, pop in a new battery and be right back in service. I, you don't have time to take your service to recharge a battery. Um, another call might be coming in. So, uh, so we designed it all from that point of view and, and I think we got it. I really do. Um, the evolution of this product and where it needs to go is it needs to change North, South, East, West into Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, or, uh, for the New York boys, you know, one, two, three, four for law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Um, in Europe, they use uh, color coded sides of the, of the structure. Um, where the Air Force has asked us to change it into bow, stern, starboard, and port, because who cares which way um, the submarine is facing when a fire breaks out? You have to be orientated to the sub, not to the earth. So um, right. that's where we're moving with it. Um, it's going to take a lot of buy-in, a lot of money. We have the concept patented, which is great, but um, patents are only good if you have a product out there that people can sell and um, we're, we're looking for those strategic partners. We're looking to bring on sales reps. Uh, we're, we're looking for a lot of different stuff right now. Cause, uh, you know, Jeff working out of his one man office full time on this, um, especially when I'm, I'm talking about international sales, I think I've got three international uh, shipments going out today. That takes forever. So, uh, hopefully, you know, through the, through these discussions with, with yourself and other industry leaders going down to FDIC and so forth, 
I'm looking to find those partners, whether it be investing, whether it be, um, <clears throat> hell, I'll, I'll sell the company. Um, if, if, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, Robbie, I'm not looking, I'm, I'm looking to make my money back because here, here, here's what it comes down to, the goal, right? The objective. The objective is to make us safer. I'm not looking for a new house. I'm not looking to drive a, you know, a Porsche. I'm looking to make us safer. I've, I hang into this thing up to this point. And now um, the, the goal becomes let's get it in our masks because every single time my phone bings and I get another, another email blast from the secret list or the close call or a NIOSH report, um, I immediately stop everything I'm doing and I start reading it. And I, and I just pray to God that it's not another situation that we could have deterred for a hundred bucks. You know, um, it, it just seems like such a no-brainer to me, but you alluded to it earlier, the, the tradition of the fire service, the, the willingness of our brothers and sisters to take a, a, a risk, even when it's unnecessary, um, it, it's, it's a culture that, that we're trying to change. And not just me, it's, it's all the guys. I mean, look around FDIC um, and Firehouse World and some of these other places, there are so many firefighter-owned businesses there with cool products, whether it be, you know, Bad Axe or The Pig or, or um, all these different things like that. They got really cool products out there to help us. But, um, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggle because you're up against big business. You're up against really big names that have, uh, that have their revenue start with the letter B as in boy, as in billions. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's what we're fighting against. So you've talked about how we can use it in the fire service. What, and you talked a little bit about some of the military applications. What other applications can the, the Northern Star do for us? Like, like, I mean, I know that in my fire department, we have a dive team. Yeah. You know, is there a dive application maybe for this? Or like we have a search and rescue team. Uh, you know, talk about some of those. And, and, you know, maybe there's other uses besides putting this thing in your mask, which I think is a great uh, concept. And, but like, what are some other things that like, so we're buying this thing. Could we use it for, for some other, for some other avenues that we delve into in the fire service? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now it goes in our mask and quite frankly, that was the place that it was designed to go. And it was expensive because we had to do the NFPA tests, you know, the rating heat tests and things like that. But yes, the military first took uh, a shine to it back in April when we had it out at a special operator show very next day that the Navy SEALs grabbed it and took and put it in their mask and went diving. Um, are still using the traditional uh, B, BCD, same one that the Navy SEALs are using, where you have that compass hanging off your left shoulder. Now, when you want to orientate yourself underneath water, now, it can be murky water where you can't see your hand in front of your face, um, or it can just be nighttime. But regardless, you need to pull that compass up. You need to make it level, which is in, in itself can be hard because you don't know which way up and down is oftentimes. Um, sometimes you have to pull that flashlight off your right shoulder, turn it on, shine it onto your compass, figure out which way you're headed, turn your flashlight off, resecure it, and then start swimming again. If, if you can have that information readily available to you so it's a continuous stream of information, you become a better diet, your search patterns faster. So I would say um, somewhere in the 30% range right now and, and climbing are um, orders from divers because usually what happens is a dive team has a little bit extra money. Dive team usually has a separate budget 
and they usually have a little bit of play in those budgets. So um, Milwaukee Fire Department here in Wisconsin just outfitted their entire um, dive team with it. And <clears throat> quite frankly, that's what really got after the, the military's uh, attention as well. Our plan is to, is to build this out with different SKUs, make it sort of uh, put a wristwatch application on it so it can sit on your, on your wrist. Um, there, there's opportunities to make it into a cell phone-like device. Um, but in order to do a lot of that stuff, it needs to be updated. We need to fully encapsulate it so it can go down, you know, hundreds of feet. We have a customer in Egypt that, that uses it on the ocean floor when he's uh, uh, mining natural gas and oil. <clears throat> but he's got to put it on the inside of his mask. So he's saying, hey, you know, fully encapsulate this, use wireless charging, and give me the opportunity to put it on my wrist. Give me the opportunity to put it on one of the pieces of equipment that I'm carrying. So, so that's, uh, that's where we're going with that. But, um, God, I've sold them to snowmobilers. I've sold them to hunters. I've sold them to a, a lady recently that wanted to put on her wakeboard. I, I, I don't get it, but I'm happy to sell it to you. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's plenty of other opportunities. And if and when we can get to that next point of changing cardinal direction into something that's not cardinal direction, meaning Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, one, two, three, four, all this – then, then I think the, the, the field just opens up and, uh, and we have an opportunity to, to really expand our market and get after it. Yeah. So do you think that one of the disconnects maybe you're having, and like we talked about in the beginning, is that firefighters are kind of like cardinal direction challenged <laughs> as in like, you know, we, and I know this, like, so, I, and, and I think that about myself too, like, so like every time, like hand-drawn fire service map, starts with the fire station being like the epicenter of the map. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we don't do, we don't do like North, South, East, West, you know, in the fire service, we do, you know, left out of the fire station, right on this street. Um, so do you think that may be part of the disconnect that you're seeing? Um, it, it could be, you know, so what I tell guys is, Hey, if you know, the front door faces Charlie and I, and I say this guy, I say this a hundred times at every show. I go, if you know that front door, oh, let's say front door faces uh, North. So the front door faces North. If I tell you to go Charlie's side and open up the ceiling and you can't figure out that Charlie is south, then you need yeah. to get the hell off my crew <laughs> because <'cause laughs> okay. you're, you're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. Um, quite frankly, you, you're not uh, uh, probably a very good firefighter. And then, convert, you know, and there, there, there's some there's out there, right? And then there's some other guys that maybe are on yeah. cruise control or whatever. Um, I, I once got into an argument with a guy at a show that – I swear to God, he told me every single front door in in America faces north. He 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 was convinced of it, and he wanted me to change this into Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta. And I told him, "You don't understand. Wow. This thing has to calibrate to the structure you're about to go into because the la you know there, there's people out there that talked about let's put beacons down around the house, and uh, that's going to help you know triangulate." I go, "We don't have time for that crap. <clears throat> this yeah because it make it easier, not harder." So everything's got to be contained in this little device and to, and to calibrate to the structure or the vessel is hard. And uh, yeah, you're not trying to add steps to yeah. orientation. You're trying to, you're trying to enhance the orientation process by making it something. Yeah. yeah I totally understand what you're, what you're saying. Who, who in the world would put down a beacon in the front around the, any, like, like we, we have three people on an engine anyway. We don't have the beacon. Yeah, guy. exactly. You know, um, <laughs> I, I can make an argument a thousand different ways for it, but here's the deal. 
um, it's got to be simple. We got to We got to design it to the lowest common denominator. We have to make it. Um, they, nothing's fireman proof, but we got to get to as close as possible to it. And, and that's what our goal is. And uh, right now, this is the solution. Give me, give, give me some investors. Give, give, me, give me the money that some of these other big companies have. And we know how we're going to do the Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta. It's going to take us. It's going to take us a while. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's not an easy solution. Um, it's one that um, I'm hoping that I can get the attention of, you know, some of the big mask manufacturers or FLIR or, or some of these places like that. Because <clears throat> if they want to partner up, I, I, I have the solution for them. And uh, it's just going to take some time. But in the meantime, we, we can't continue to go down this road of, well, you know, I never got disoriented or I, I, I haven't had to call a mayday yet. Um, well, you know, you're not lost until you are. You're cruising along inside the fire. You think you know where you're going. All of a sudden, boom, you hit a wall. And it's, it's that shock of where in the hell did that wall just come from? <laughs> and yeah. If you haven't been disoriented or, or anything in a fire, you either haven't been to enough fires or you've been lost. That is. I would say that's probably the case. Yeah, and it's probably the first of them. You know, the guys who tell me, "Well, I've never got turned around." I'm like, "Well, you're 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 not. We, we don't work in the same profession. Then, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. you're not you're not doing what I do. So, uh, and that and that's okay. You don't have to. But for the guys that are doing it, we we, we got to get that. We got to get it available to them. So, um, so yeah. I mean, when I uh, Project Mayday out there, uh, uh, Don Abbott. Um, we, we had an article in, in one of the Penwell publications recently where they did a really thorough product review and took it in parking garages and <clears throat> confirmed its accuracy and everything else. And, and one of the quotes that came out of that, that um, potentially up uh, greater than 50% of the United States Maydays would get alleviated tomorrow if they had some type of directional guidance in their mask. If we could eliminate that disorientation, um, not, not the line of duty desk, just the Maydays, the close call those get reduced and and for a hundred bucks Robbie you know I you know I, one of the reasons why I have not been able to secure any good investors up to this point is because he's you know they're sharks <laughs> they, they come in and, and right. they don't have that same objective as I do they, they want me to sell this thing for five hundred dollars because we have the uh, patent in 33 countries and I go yeah but I'll tell you what um, a w- what good is um, developing a product that nobody can afford and most of us are tax-based in, in the career side, and we're fundraised through the uh, volunteer side. And we need to make the product as affordable as possible. And nothing makes me more proud than when I have a mom come along and buy it for her son or a wife buy it for her husband. Um, uh, yes, I want the Chiefs to come in and, and, and gobble them up. That's certainly the, the goal. But at, at 100 $150, I think most of us – have the opportunity to, to pull that type of cash out. Um, one of the guys on Twitter yesterday said, that's three drinks in Palm, in, in Palm Beach or something like that, or down, <laughs> down in Miami. He goes, and, that, and you don't get a hangover for it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think, we're, I think we're, we got the right pieces in play. Now it's just a matter of um, getting the word out, getting the endorsement, trust it, and, and stop accepting that unnecessary risk. So, so let's speak to that a little bit. Let's say you know someone is not necessarily sold on it, and they want to try it before they buy it. Is there an avenue that they can do that through, and, and how do they do? That? Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, again, I'm a firefighter, not a businessman. So, when I took possession of this inventory back in April of 2018, 
I hit a little button on my website that said, um, free demo, click on here and I'll send it out. And I did, I sent them out like candy. And, um, I, I, I told, uh, my, my board of advisors, I said, Hey, don't worry about it. A, they're going to buy them. And B, if, if they do send them back, um, I'll just, you know, the, the, the demos are coming in, the demo requests are coming on a daily basis. We'll just keep rotating stock. What I didn't anticipate and what really disappointed me is that, um, yes, most of them got purchased. Yes, a couple of them came back, but I bet you um, close to five to $10,000 worth of product was never heard from again. Guys just, just ghosted. They, they, they're gone. Um, couldn't get a hold of them. They wouldn't return phone calls, um, wouldn't return emails, sent them invoices, never got paid. So I needed to change that tactic. Um, and I did this summer. I just said, I, I, I can't afford to hemorrhage money like this and, and hemorrhage my inventory like this with no return. So now we, we tell guys, hey, put down, put down a deposit. And if you, you simply return it back to us and we'll give you your money back same day. And um, the only caveat to that is some that deposit down or I don't have that deposit to which I say, give me a call and let's have a conversation. And through that conversation, if, if we, if I feel that there's a trust factor um, between the two of us, I'm happy to send one out to you. Cause quite frankly, Robbie, when they go out, they don't come back. Um, I, I feel that strongly in it. And then, you know, with the big departments, of course, that's just the way it works. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. whether we're, uh, we're talking about Baltimore, Baltimore County, um, the other day, um, Milwaukee Fire Department, there's a lot of them here in Wisconsin that we're looking at. So um, when the big guys call and, and the order, you know, is in three digits or more, I usually, uh, you know, work with them and, and set a plan out and just say, hey, okay, how many do you need? How long do you need them for? More importantly, what are you going to do with them? God, the number of times I send out, you know, two to four demos, call, call up the department two months later and they say, oh, yeah, we really haven't gotten anything. You know, we haven't, we haven't got a fire yet. I'm like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, <laughs> why don't you train? You know, that, that's, you sh you're supposed to be trained in anyways. And, and if someone gives you a product uh, for free, then the expectation is, is that you develop a training regimen to evaluate the product. Um, why would you evaluate a product in a live fire situation where, where you're actually trying to conduct a rescue? That's not the time to find out that you don't know how to turn it on. So train with it. And uh, you know, some of us, are, some of our departments are very good and, and they're out there doing it all the time and, and, it's, and they're accountable for their actions. And there's other ones that are just sort of not so much um, on that same page. And, and those guys are, are a little frustrated. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and as you were saying that too, that just like my blood started boiling that people would blatantly just steal from another firefighter. But unfortunately it happens every day. Um, and, and, you know, not to be too vulgar, but this this is this profession's full of scumbags, unfortunately. And uh, but but no, that's that's awesome. So uh, all right, as we start to wind down, give uh, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, how they can get the product. How you know you already went over how they could get the demo process. Talk about where they can find you on Facebook, social media, all that stuff. Give all your contact information out so people can get this product in their hands. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of different ways to get in touch with me. Um, I'm running this. I'm running this thing full time, uh, balls to the wall, 24/7. So um, the website's northernstarfire.com, all one word, just northernstarfire.com. Good videos on there, uh, training videos, um, how to turn it on, the waterproofness, uh, where to put it, um, explain the technology behind it. I've um, got really cool uh, videos of us going through live fire conditions with it. 
So there's lots of opportunities there. Um, if you want to do a demo program, there, there's, a, there's a spot on the main page under the contact tab. It says request a demo. Fill it out. It takes your deposit, and you're off and running. Um, the phone number is on the website as well, 715-225-9823. Uh, that comes straight to me, uh, night or day, 24 hours a day. It'll come to either my office here or to the cell phone. And then our social media presence, man, we're working on it. It's hard um, when, you're, when, you're, when you spend three hours trying to figure out a certi certificate of origin to the Chile, Chile government. Uh, <laughs> you don't have a whole lot of time to get on social media and pound it, but, but I understand the importance of it. But uh, Northern Star Fire at Northern Star Fire is our uh, Facebook site. Um, same with uh, Instagram. Northern Star and, uh, Twitter is uh, Northern Star Fire minus the E because – not enough characters there. So, uh, gotcha. so yeah, so there's, there's lots of different stuff out there, but, um, if guys want to talk about it, give me a call. Um, I'll have the same conversation with whomever. If, if, if you have one of your listeners out there that says, you know what, this sounds pretty cool. I'd like to take a look at it. Um, one of the things I'm telling guys is, Hey, if you buy one and you can then turn around and convert your, uh, fire department to purchase them, I'll re I'll refund your money. You you don't need to you don't need to accept that risk. At the end of the day, if it, it, it's 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 a necessity. It's it's not a want. It's a need. So if you if you take that risk and you buy one and and believe in it, and I know you will, then turn around and go talk to your deputy chief or training chief or whoever is in charge of that type of uh, discussion, and get get me in front of them. I'll fly out. I'll drive out. I'll, we'll we'll talk about it. I'll help you set up some training. We'll put the guys through the paces and it, the device will prove itself. I, I, I do little talking during those. It's just a matter of, hey, why don't we black out him and send him in here and send this guy over there and they come back and, and the results speak for itself. Well, awesome. You know, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a great, great pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. I think this is an innovative solution to a, 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 you know, to a problem that's happening in the fire service. You know, I understand that Line of, you know, we're not having too many real line of duty deaths in fires, and I think that's true. Uh, you know, we're, most of our line of duty deaths are cardiac-related, health-related, but we are having close calls. We are having maydays. We are having, you know, <laughs> these events that we get in trouble, and this is just another way, another tool to, to try to prevent that. And so I really, really thank you uh, for coming on and talking about it. I, I appreciate it. You know, think of it this way. All those things you just said are, are 100 percent spot on, but how many lives did we miss because we didn't get there in time? How much property was burnt up because we didn't get water on the fire or open up the ceiling on time? Why? Because we were moving apprehensively because we weren't exactly sure where we were. So it goes beyond the close calls and near misses, which are vitally important. It goes well beyond well beyond any line of duty deaths. It gets back to the root of why we're here. You know, it's life, safety, property conservation. And uh, we can do a better job. We just need, um, we need to be given the tools and the technology available to do it at the least amount of risk with the most amount of efficiency. And I think we have something here that will solve both those problems. Nothing else needs to be said about that. You pretty much put the nail in the, uh, in the coffin on that one. Jeff, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, stay tuned. Like, give me a few seconds and we'll get back, right back with some closing remarks for the podcast. Wow, uh, what a tremendous interview with Jeff Dykes from Northern Starfire. 
And if you can't see some of the value in that Northern Star Fire Compass, um, then, man, I, I don't know. Man, then, you know, go on the website. Go to northernstarfire.com. Watch all the YouTube videos that he has up. And, and call Jeff up and see if you can get one of the units out. Uh, you know, I'll be quite honest with you. I've read some stuff about it. I've read the website. I've listened to a couple other podcasts that he's been on. And I still was a little bit skeptical. And that's why I asked some of the questions that I asked. Then after all, off air, me and Jeff talked, work, I'm going to get one. Uh, I'm going to you know do the down payment or whatever i got to do to get one so that I can try it out so that I can see for myself. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, better work in these hostile environments. Because I think that's one of the things that we that I want to do in 2019 is I want to have the ability to be as aggressive as possible, right? And that doesn't mean being unsafe. Aggressive has nothing to do with being unsafe. Uh, aggressive is in your action. And when I'm inside a fire building, I need to be able to move rapidly. I need to be able to uh, get to the seat of the fire faster, to search these rooms faster. And anything that can help me or give me that advantage, in my opinion, is a great tool. So I'm going to get with Jeff and get one. I encourage you to do the same thing. But uh, So thanks for Jeff for coming on. Northernstarfire.com. Go check it out because I think that, like I said in the podcast and in the interview, there, you know, we don't need to keep identifying or valuing problem identifiers. We need problem solvers. And Jeff has taken this under his own, you know, uh, you know, under his own wing and is trying to solve this problem for the fire service. If you haven't been disoriented in a fire, you haven't been to a lot of fires or you've just been extremely lucky. So thanks, Jeff. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us on the podcast. Uh, and Northern Star Fire is not the only company we have to thank. There would not be a podcast, and I would not be able to do some of the things that I do without some other great companies out there. First and foremost, Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. They are some of the best fire gloves I've ever worn. I had three fires in the last five shifts, now probably last seven shifts. Wore them on every fire, cleaned them thoroughly after every fire, washing machine, the whole bit, and they are 100% every time. Normally when you wash your fire gloves after you have a job or something like that, once they dry out, they're like kind of like hard and, and the dexterity goes away. Not these gloves. These gloves were great. I was able to use them the rest of the shift once they dried out. Uh, been able to use them in multiple fires. They're just great gloves. You're not going to find a better fire glove on the market. Go to VanguardSafetyWear.com to get you a pair of the MK1 fire gloves. Vanguard Safety Wear, made for work. And secondly, I've got to thank... And want you to go see Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins is making metal helmet fronts for your helmet. They are awesome. I wear one on my helmet every day. It has withstood, especially like those three fires in the last uh, last couple shifts. I've had the same thing with the fire gloves from Vanguard Safety Wear. That helmet tin has been exposed to some nasty smoke, some extreme heat, and it still looks awesome. It still looks like the day I pulled it out of the envelope uh, that they sent it to me in. It's awesome. They look great. They function great. Uh, a leather helmet shield, I don't know how that would have held up underneath these other last couple days, uh, especially some of the fires that I've been in. So, But this, this helmet shield... It's, it, it has shows no sign of wear, no signs of warp. Uh, it looks just as good as it did the day I turned it out. I pulled it out of the envelope. It's awesome. It's easy to mount. It's easy to use. And this isn't some fly by night, uh, you know, drop down menu, uh, you know, shield pick thing. You're gonna send some 
information to Taylor. He's going to contact you. He's going to send you concept art, and you're going to get a beautiful metal helmet front that's going to last you forever. It's going to last you forever. You're going to need to stop burning up those leather fronts and get you a Taylor's Tins. Go to taylorstins.com or find them on Facebook at Facebook backslash Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins, stop burning up leather and get you a Taylor's Tin. And lastly, like I say on every one of these podcasts, make sure you're spending one hour in the day doing some sort of physical fitness PT. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the library, reading something about a profession, watching a YouTube video, and make sure you're spending one hour a day doing some sort of hands-on training. The guys over at Brothers in Battle, Cody Trest Trail, they do the daily stretch. They do the I smell smoke drill. That's perfect. That's perfect for what you want to use it for. But make sure you're getting out there and putting your hands on the tools and equipment that we use every day for an hour. If you do that, you'll be a pretty phenomenal firefighter. Happy New Year. Let's make 2019 the best year the fire service has ever seen so we can set ourselves up to make 2020 even better than that. It starts now. It starts today. Go do the work. Thanks and stay safe, but aggressive.